On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Sidetracks, the unscripted and unruly series where we share with you what we've been watching and whether it's worth your time. This is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. Spooky, spooky people. Hey there. And of course, I am Brittany. And I'm Katie. It's officially, in my mind, spooky season, even though it's not until September. Well, but you in know. In my mind, it is. Duncan is bringing back pumpkin spice tomorrow. So that will be tomorrow, the 16th, August 16th. So you can get pumpkin Ooh. spice at Duncan. Yeah. Also, at Publix, there's already pumpkin spice latte Starbucks in a in a bottle oh there's also the great value pumpkin spice coffee creamer available now they so we love the blueberry cobbler coffee creamer and it's officially out of season now and they have the pumpkin spice which i like pumpkin spice but the blueberries the the coffee mate one too but not the sugar-free one which is what i usually get but now i'm kind of not doing sugar-free anymore because the sugar replacements aren't the best thing anyways the main thing is that pumpkin spice is here, and I'm very excited. Yes. Scott's never lived with me before during Halloween season. He doesn't understand how early I get ready. He doesn't really decorate for Halloween. Oh. Or Christmas. He's not a decorator. See? He's just I'm- never, like, been in a house. And I am. Yeah. And you are. Oh, yeah. The harvest so, is strong in this household. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. also bought, like, another... Well, okay, so Peter, hi Peter, if you're listening, Peter bought me for Christmas a little Halloween-y flag, so I have to put that up, and then I have lights, and then, so we we actually fixed our front garden, which is usually where I put the gravestones, so now I gotta figure out where to put the gravestones, it's a whole thing. Like, when we were planning that out, I was like, you have to get one big flower pot so we can move it for Halloween, and Scott was like, why? And I was like, because that's where the gravestones go for Halloween. Yep. He was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> and don't get the styrofoam. Like, don't get the styrofoam graystones. I, I do, but they've lasted me three years now. That's amazing because ours were like gone after, like they just blew over after, like even with the little stakes in the ground and everything. They they barely last this one Halloween. So I I kind of want to get one that is, I want to make one out of like wood. And, like, foam over the wood. Like, attach the foam to the wood. Because I do think the foam is the best thing to make them out of. uh, From a carving standpoint. To make it look like rock. But uh, the wood is definitely better. 
like more sturdy. But yeah, it's it's gonna be a whole thing. Also, fall candles are coming out. It's gonna be a whole thing. I am I usually resist until September first, but I have been watching a bunch of spooky shit because I mean we I always watch horror stuff all year round. But like I got really spooky in the spooky spooky mood this last couple of weeks. I was like, oh, it's time. I can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm the same way. Like I love this time of year. Um, my husband's a Leo. Taylor's birthday's about to be on the 18th, and I'm like, I love you, babe. I'm mm-hmm. surrounded by Leos. I love my Leos, but I am ready. I'm ready for it to be Virgo and Libra season. Libra season is like one of my favorites. So yeah, I I I love like I can't wait to have like I like coffee smells. I like spicy smells. So I like the pumpkins, apples, mm-hmm. caramel apple candles. I'm ready for all mm. of it. And while I like pumpkin spice. Salted caramel is my favorite fall like flavor, so I'm ready for the oh. salted caramel to be back too. Oh, mm-hmm. that's uh, so it's funny because I've realized like I love like salted chocolate things, so anything that's like salted chocolate, mm. salted caramel. I don't know if you ever noticed this. I'm also someone out there will scream at this, but girls, they're very excited about the salted. They caramels. are. This is their see. This is the thing. This will be their <laughs> first Halloween. And I'm already strategically trying to plan their Halloween costumes, even though there are foster puppies. So, yeah, they're very excited, too. But I don't know if you guys have ever realized, the people who are, like, salted candy people are also pineapple pizza people. Because I love pineapple pizza. (gasps) You know what? I like pineapple pizza and I like salted Mm -hmm. stuff. Salted chocolate, salted sweets just make sense because it cuts the sweetness so it actually accents it. And makes it more palatable. So honestly, like, if you're not putting salt on your caramels, what are you doing? Yeah. You're doing it wrong. It kind of, so. like, <laughs> it kind of, like, gives you, like, this is, it's, it's some, it does something to, like, your taste buds where it's just, like, really satisfying. Mm-hmm. There's a whole Good Eats episode about that. Mm. Where he makes salted caramels and he explains the science behind putting salt because like you put salt in cookies and brownies like every dessert you make you put salt in it yeah you just might not know that there's salt in it mm-hmm. there's a new uh restaurant in birmingham and obviously we we were located me and katie are located near birmingham um but there's a new restaurant and it's called pizza emmy and our emmy pizza pizza emmy and it has like mm. detroit style pizza and so i got oh. the pineapple pizza and it had like a chili glaze and it's like the little bit of pick with Ooh. the little bit of pineapple was just like so good. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. You know what the pineapples remind me though of what? is the fact that Maui just got destroyed. Jesus by Christ. Yes. The worst, worst uh, natural wildfire in like US the last century in oh US history. God. Yes. So, so confirm 90 years. Confirmed 98 dead, but I think last time I checked, there was a 1,000 missing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some people, the one person I know, well, I won't say their name, but we have a college classmate. They were on Goldside with me, and they live in Hawaii. They marked themselves safe, so that's good. The, the only people I know personally that live in Hawaii right now are safe, to my knowledge. But there's so many people who their homes have been lost. There was a huge, there's all these, like, the oldest banyan tree in America was damaged. There are all of these, like, restaurants and, like, a like a very thriving business district that is, like, completely gone. Yeah. And it's it's it was just, like, a perfect storm. And I still haven't heard what caused it. But if you're in Hawaii, just remember, we're thinking about y'all and we love you. And I hope things get better. And you can donate to charities, too. 
by the way, if you want to help with relief funds. It's a, it was a severe drought. So there was a severe drought mm-hmm. and there was a fire, a local, I think it was like a business cup fire, but it was a hurricane within that severe drought that caused yes. the fire. Then the hurricane picked up pieces and flew them around yeah. and then caught on other buildings. I knew the hurricane bit, mm-hmm. but I didn't hear about the business. I was like, where did the fire start though? Because no, yeah. one, no one on the news had said where it started. Maybe they're trying not to get that business canceled because I'm sure it was not anything on purpose. It oh, doesn't no. sound like it was arson or anything like that. And I, and I actually heard so. that for a TikTok, but the other thing I heard for like a few TikToks because now it's kind of showing up in my For You page a lot, and um, they're like, you know, the drought is actually due in part to the tourist, in- tourist industry because there are like so many of the hotels mm. here that have like golf courses and stuff, they use the water. So they're like, we're in a mm. severe drought, but they're using all of our main water to run these tourist industries, which makes sense. It's a big tourist thing. So a lot of people are like, you know, if you've ever enjoyed the islands in any way on vacation, please donate. Please donate because it's actually yeah. we're kind of in this situation because of the tourist industry, which is like shit. I never even. I've never been to the islands. I am not rich enough to fly to Hawaii. No, but, I've always wanted to yeah. go, but I've never been able to. But I, I, but I I'm that just makes sense. It's awful. Yeah. I hope everybody's doing okay. Also, I did want to update everybody on the Barbenheimer in Japan update. Barbie did release on August 11th without Oppenheimer in Japan. Oppenheimer still doesn't have a release date, so I don't know if it's ever getting released. So. One and and Warner Brothers apologized about retweeting the memes about mm-hmm. Barbenheimer, especially on Jap- their Japanese affiliate uh, Barbie what, handle, which is good because like it was mostly like I think they were just mad that Warner Brothers retweeted it, retweeted it, and it is doing well. However, I did think this was weird. So they released Barbie to coincide with a holiday weekend in Japan, which I don't know Japan's holidays, but apparently it's also very close to the anniversary of Nagasaki's bombing. And I was like, could we maybe have rethought that? I don't know. Maybe. But I do think it was because of the holiday weekend. Because I read one article and they're like, oh, they're releasing it right next to the anniversary. But then another article, I think it was Variety, was like, well, actually, it's like a vacation. It's like a holiday long weekend. So that's probably why they released it this weekend. I was like, okay, that makes more sense. So not as nefarious as I thought. But I don't know if Oppenheimer is getting released there. And I frankly can't blame people. I don't know. It is a really good movie. But I also feel like, you know, if your grandparents were affected by that trauma, you might not want to relive that. You know, I don't know. It just seems like a lot. Taylor felt very awkward. And I didn't even think really about it until Taylor mentioned it. Um, but we we went and I'll get ready to talk more about the show in just a bit. But we went to a sold out show in Atlanta and we got there early. Oh, and, yeah. And it just so happened that the couple on the other side of Taylor, they got there early, too. So we were just sitting there chatting and I'm sitting there and we're, me and the husband are talking and we start talking about Oppenheimer because I'm like, yeah, Killian Murphy. And he's like, oh, he's Irish and he's playing American. I was like, yeah, but you know, that's kind of common in Hollywood, right? Like Superman's played by a Brit. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I guess so. And, um, you know, and he's like, is it good? And I was like, it's a lot of dialogue. This Trinity test happens in the middle. He's like, oh, I have no idea what the Trinity test is, actually. So we're like, oh, you know, it's the precursor. It's the first testing of the atomic bomb. And then, you know, he's talking about where he's from. 
And he's like, he points to his wife and he goes, actually, she's from Kyoto. And Taylor's like, we had this whole conversation about Oppenheimer in front of like a Japanese woman. And I was like, but it's history. It's not like, it's it's more just like. It wasn't, you were like, you were like, go bomb people. No, like, that would be no incredibly bad. But it's, it's interesting but- <laughs> that you brought that up because it is probably something that, you know, I'm thinking casual conversation about a movie that's just been released. But I really don't know what's going on in her head at this point yeah what did she say did she have any response she was just like nodding and stuff like she didn't seem like you know irritated or upset or anything but she was just like nodding her husband was definitely the talker between the two so uh he talked a lot more than she did but um we talked a little bit they were just more um they traveled a lot which we thought was really cool so he's like yeah i've been to ireland i've been to scotland i've been to britain and i was like oh my god i i've I've been to the U.S. like so, but you were trying to go to Scotland and COVID decided to be a dick. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully, Tim. Hopefully, that will still happen. Tim, twenty anniversary is what we're aiming for now. You can do it before that. Oh. You can do it before that if you want to. Oh God! If we'll see, then we. It's like you buy a house, and it's like suddenly your extra savings go into a little house improvement. So. Maybe, well, maybe. That is we'll, true. I we'll feel see. Mm-hmm. Well, so how was the concert? It was, it was, oh, it was so good. So we went to the Alabama, or not Alabama, God, the Atlanta Symphony Hall, and so I was really nervous because uh, Natalie had an incident where she spent two days at the vet the week before. I didn't know if like her, she was going to be completely okay. Uh, but she was showing signs of improvement, and luckily we have amazing neighbors who um, came over and checked on the dogs for us a couple of times. So even though we didn't stay the night or anything, I just it felt really nice knowing that they were in like hands mm-hmm. of people that like were capable, that love animals. They have a, a whole group of fur babies, so that was nice. It took off the worry a little bit, but. We get to the yeah. Atlanta Symphony Hall, and it's kind of, like, located in and around the Atlanta Museum of Art. And I was looking at all these posters, and I was so envious that I didn't live closer to Atlanta. Uh, just three things yeah. off the top of my head I saw. So they were doing a showing of Into the Spider-Verse, which is one of my favorite movies, with the live orchestra mm. at the end of the month. That sounds fun. They were doing The Shining in one of their feeders. So, like, Stanley Ooh. Kubert's The Shining. And then they had the emo orchestra coming in October. So <gasps> it was an orchestra that was playing emo oh. songs. So I was like, oh my God, these all sound oh. incredible. I mean, Alabama Symphony Orchestra does do like, they pl- do the Harry Potter, like they play Harry Potter or like Star Wars, different Lord of the Rings, I think too. So they do do those, but I always don't hear about them until after they've already <laughs> finished. And then someone's like, oh, that was great. And I was like, I'm sure it was. I yeah. wish I had heard about it. The only uh, show I've ever seen at the Alabama that uh, did the the orchestra with the movie was Psycho. And that was an incredible experience. Mm-hmm. That was Halloween about seven or eight years ago now. Yeah. Sounds fun. It was. But Swell Season, which is like Glenn Hanser and Marquetta from... Um, they're they're but once? yeah they they yeah exactly they were once together and so Taylor got to watch once for the first time like two days before we went to the show it was so good like um so they had this opening musician and I completely blanked on her name I need to get back with you guys on that but she's from Ireland and she was singing like all these like great songs that are kind of very folky sounding and she was hilarious and it really made me sad and me and me and our friend Jonathan were talking about this this weekend where you know this was a sold out show and. 
at the opening act's performance, there's about 50% of the audience. And so a lot of the act, like the rest of the audience did not come in until right before the swell season started performing, which makes me sad because, you know, this opening act was also from Mm. a completely different country. She traveled here and she deserves to have her music seen too. So I'm like, you pay all this money for tickets and you don't even see the opening act. Anyway, Marquette and Glenn, oh my fucking God. Um, Marquetta just sounds like an angel. So she sings and plays the piano. Glenn plays the guitar. And uh, at one point, I think he was playing ukulele and banjo. And they had a violinist there and a cello player. And oh my God, the band sounded just incredible live. They were amazing. Um, they played a good bit of music from Once. They played some songs from their album, um, the album Shrick Joy. And then they also played like a handful of new songs as well. Um, so since they mm-hmm. recorded their last album, they both have become parents. So Marquetta has three children. Glenn has a child. So there's a lot of songs that they had dedicated to their children. Um, they played about two and a half hours and 25 songs. Wow. Yeah. So Sounds fun. It was incredible. Um, oh, Lisa O'Neill Lisa was O'Neil. the opening act. Thank you. Thank you. I hate it. She looks like she's American. But she opened for them for Nashville, Atlanta, Boston, and New York. Okay. She's American. She has, like, a incredible accent. Or maybe she just lives in America? Or maybe, I don't know. Hold on. Yeah. She had a picture in front of Rocket City. I mean, not Rocket City. Radio City Music Hall. But maybe that was just the tour. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she is from Ireland. I don't know. Because I'm like, she Yeah, has- maybe she does live in Ireland. Maybe. No, I think she does live in Ireland. That just, that threw me for a loop because she had a Radio City Music Hall picture. But maybe she just took it on the tour. Yeah. Because I I was like, oh, she's American? That's weird. But no, she must be Irish. And she must have just taken a picture in front of Radio City Music Hall. And I just looked her up on Apple Music. Irish Irish folk singer-songwriter is a powerful storyteller. So, okay, yeah, she is Irish. I was like, dude. That's fun. That woman has, like, the I mean, she could be Irish and just living in America, too. That's why I was like, does she live here? Or maybe she or just really... That's a long ways to fly all the way over just for, like, four concerts, but... Oh. It's also, like, maybe, like, she, like, met up with a professional photographer in America that was like, hey, let me take some pictures of you. And she's like, okay, why not? But incredible. But, so, I love a lot of the Swell Seasons music, and I can go on and on about that. But one of the things I was most excited about, so they have a song off their first album called Shrick Joy, and their first music video single was a song called Low Rising. And I love this song. It's been played in countless TV shows, including How I Met Your Mother. Well, he's singing Low Rising. And as the song starts to end, the bass line forms into a cover of Van Morrison's Into the Mystic. And I was like, oh, my God. Mm. And I always forget Van Morrison is Irish. Oh. I love Van Morrison. I, he, my dad is a big Van Morrison fan. And so I grew up listening to it. And yeah, to him, I and my sorority's theme song is Brown Eyed Girl. Oh, yeah. But I, I've loved Van Morrison since I was a little kid. I love On the Bright Side of the Road. Yeah. I mean, he has a lot of great songs, but that song always cheers me the fuck up. Aww. It was, I mean, it was beautiful. And Into the Mystic is one of Taylor's favorite songs. So he was like having a good time. But even speaking of other Irish artists too. So they actually, so they played, uh, they played Falling Slowly, which was, of course, the song everyone knows. Mm-hmm. It won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. <laughs> 
and they've turned it into a musical too. Yes, and it's go- I mean, I like loved play. it. Musical. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. But so many people were like getting up and leaving, and I was like, okay, they haven't played Gold, which <gasps> is like one of my favorites. So he comes back out, he plays Gold, and I'm like, oh, I love that fucking song. But then it's like, okay, is this the is this the end of the show? It's like, no. They're like, hey, so you know, we gotta talk about like Ireland is grieving because of Sinead O'Connor's death. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So they come out and sing. <gasps> they, they did some Sinead O'Connor. They did Three Babies by Sinead O'Connor. And that was beautiful because him and Lisa did that together. And then they were like... Did they do Nothing Compares to You? Which I know Prince wrote. They did. They did. That's my favorite Sinead O'Connor song. Yeah. No, they didn't do Nothing Compares. They did Three Babies. And then they came out because they were like... As they were on stage, they were like, oh my god, I forgot the guy from the band that died. But they are like, oh my god, you know, the band died. And they're like... So they did a band song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it was just, like, I mean, just incredible. Like, so much energy, and it just kept performing, but the performances were all just wonderful. So I, I felt elated. Like, I get, like, energized from the arts and, like, going to shows and going to mm-hmm. theater performances and stuff. So it was, oh, like, yeah. I felt so good after it. But then I crashed really, really hard because I was so tired. <laughs> so... Well, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. I know. I have a. I I love going to concerts. I forget how much I like going to concerts. Speaking of concerts, mm-hmm. so this isn't a. This is a documentary about touring and music and stuff. But I don't know if you know, Britt, but Trixie Mattel, who's one of my favorite drag queens, she is also a really amazing folk musician. And she played this song, Moving Parts, on her... I, I can't remember if she was on her auto harp or her guitar, but she played it for the talent show when she was on All Stars, which she ended up winning. And they made a documentary called Moving Parts, where they followed her around after she finished filming season All Stars 3, which she did win, but she doesn't know she won until the end of the season, an end of the film, because she... You, know, you film it, and they film multiple endings. And she knows she knows that she makes it to the finale, but she doesn't know that she won until the end of the uh, the thing. But it is like such a good documentary, especially if you like Trixie Mattel. But it's filled with all of the acoustic versions of her music. So she, she wrote moving parts, and honestly, I gotta sing that song at some point because it has gotten stuck in my head. And it's like a beautiful folk country song but she also covers like backwoods barbie by dolly parton and a bunch of other and stay on the sunny side which is like just a good old-fashioned folk song at least an american folk song although it may have been written somewhere else but i know it as an american folk song but so trixie has a really great working relationship with kacha and they started filming this documentary when they were filming the Trixie and Katja show for Wow Network Television, um, which used to be like, so they had their YouTube series called, uh, which they still have. And then they're like, oh, let's make a real, like a whole show. And it'll be the Trixie and Katja show. Well, Katja relapsed because mm-hmm. Katja is an addict and she relapses right when they're starting to film the documentary and they're, and she's like, I just can't do this. Like I can't. And so she quits the show and relapses, goes to rehab, but says, like, she doesn't, like, I think their point in filming the documentary was like, oh, we'll see them, like, do the show, and then Trixie will go on this music tour, because she was going on a music tour, and they were, like, following her touring from, like, she went to England, she went all over America, and stuff, and it's, like, her being herself without Katja, because Katja 
relapses and goes to rehab. And then at the end of the documentary, she's gotten clean. Oh. And she's she's been sober for years now, and she actually quit smoking cigarettes recently. So oh, wow. congratulations, Katja. Yeah. I know. But it's really sad because, like, she just, like, she sends Trixie all these, like, mean text messages and stuff. Which it's sad because, like, the beginning of the show, she gives Trixie this creepy little, like, replica doll of Trixie with a little Katja doll. And stuff, and it's like, oh, and then, like, you know, she's just going through a hard time, so she says some mean things to her. But then by the end, like, she's backstage at her concert, and now they're, they, she's, they've been back for years, but it definitely made me cry. Oh. And, and it was really lovely. Moving parts. A moving parts. Trixie Mattel. I did have to rent it on okay. Prime, but if you like, if you like Trixie Mattel, it's really good, because, like, so they they keep getting asked questions about Katja because at this point Katja quit drag to get sober and because she just was like she was just overwhelmed. The reason she relapsed is she got super overwhelmed and couldn't handle it, and so you know that's you know that's when things like that happen. And so she was gone from the drag scene, and so they're doing all of this press tour after Trixie gets back from her concert tour. They're all asking all the girls about Katja, and they're just, like, talking about, like, you know what? Everybody goes through this stuff, and, like, it's, like, we're not gonna talk about it. We wish her well. Like, it's, like, you can't just ask people, like, where's Katja? Where is she? It's, like, she's in fucking rehab. Leave her the fuck alone. Yeah. But it's interesting. But it was really, it was a, it's a very, like, sweet documentary. Her boyfriend partner david i think that's his first name he produced it and it's really well done and and if you like folk music it's like her folk music is really good there's an album moving parts the acoustic one and it's really good and it's a it's a really good song now it's very sweet did i imagine that there is a drag performer and i didn't i meant to read this and i didn't but that is like on the top christian charts did you hear about that i don't know maybe yeah because i was just thinking i actually showed up in my news feed and i thought that was really really cool too just because you were mentioning about performers that were also like singers or folk artists i was like yeah i thought i had read that somewhere it has shown up in my news feed but maybe oh yeah uh well okay meet the drag queen who hit number one on the christian music tar- charts with help from a trump ally oh drag queen Flammy Grant tops the iTunes. It's on NPR, so I saw NPR. Flammy Grant, because it's like Amy Grant, the Christian singer. Oh. Amy Grant also did like regular, like secular music too, but I had to sing Amy Grant music in church. Oh, this is a this is a Catholic national Catholic reporter, so they're not gonna tell us. Yeah. And that meant- Mega preacher condemned a drag queen who sings Christian music. Oh. So oh, so I don't think she okay. So the Trump person is the person who is being a dick about her being a drag queen and singing Christian music. And so that helps spur on people actually listening. Oh, that makes sense. She also wrote a song called Boys Will Be Girls. So yeah, just a little uh, something and okay, you can research. That's cute. Yeah, you can. I know you would be able to research Sorry, it more. No, it's okay. <laughs> Uh, but I just knew you knew I didn't know more. there was a drag queen called Flamey Grant. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> but I liked it. It's, it's good. And I'm hooked on Trixie's folk album now. And now I want to add that to my repertoire. Nice. And I want to learn how to play the auto harp. <laughs> yeah. That would be Not cool. really. I just want to learn how to play my guitar. Oh, 
quickly, I did watch Renfield. Oh, finally. okay. How do you feel about it? So I know me and Ryan have a little I'm, bit of different opinions. So okay, I loved it. I thought it was super cute and fun. I have no idea why people didn't like it. I thought it had a great message, and it was just a good time for all. Also, High Camp Nick Cage always gets me, and I really liked Nicholas Holt and Aquafina's chemistry on screen. I think they play well off of each other. What did you think about it? I couldn't remember because it's been such a long time since you watched it. I really thought it was just okay. Like, I was like, I didn't think there was anything to really write home about it. I wish the screenplay was, like, more layered. I thought it was just very surface level. I like the violence in it. I really like the violence in it. See, I guess I liked that. Yeah, I did like the violence in it. I like that it was just kind of a simple story. But it also had this, like, symbolism about, like, leaving toxic relationships and stuff. So it had, like, a good message at the end. Yeah. Which I really liked. But the hyper-violent was hilarious. Exactly. I do like it that. It was really well. It was really fun. Yeah. And see, I've been... Sp- had a good time. I've been spoiled, particularly this year, by a lot of movies that have really great scripts. And so that's why I'm like... Now it's kind of like... I'm, on, I'm trying not to be on my high horse, but I'm a little bit on my high horse because I'm like... You know, but I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's something can be simpler and you can still like it. But my brother likes movies that are a little bit more simpler. And even at the end of it, because I watched it with my brother and Taylor and Brandon was like, it was okay. He's like, I thought it would be better. He's like, it wasn't bad. I just thought it'd be better. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I also because even like I was reading an article about like how movie theaters are not doing well. And we knew that already. That's been a thing since the pandemic. Yeah. But, like, even Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 3, which did very well in theaters, still did not do half as well as its predecessors did. And the only movie that's just, like, really killed the box office was Barbie. Like, Barbie has done... A billion dollars. Yeah, the first female director, over a billion dollars. But, yeah, I think Mm -hmm. um, Mission Impossible... Uh, Indiana Jones. There's something else I'm missing. There was multiple flops this summer, even with, like franchise films. So, which is not really yeah. common with franchise movies. As- oh, Transformers was a flop too this summer. So yeah, they did. There it. was a new Transformers movie there this was. summer. Yeah. Yep. I don't like the Transformers movies. I've only ever seen the first one, so <laughs> I can't really judge. Well, to be honest, I've seen the first one and bits and pieces of a couple of the other ones, but I'm just like. Not for me. Yeah. I did start watching the two series. Well, one of them is a continuation, but this one's kind of an action one. I finally started watching Peaky Blinders. Oh, I've been wanting to see that ever since. Because of Killian Murphy. It's great. It's great. Especially, I finished season one. I'm in season two. It's about a gang? It's about the Peaky Blinders street gang in Birmingham, London. Oi, gov. Oh, just kidding. That's I apologize Did I really say to any up? people. I'd be like, no, okay, they don't. Okay, because I was like, do they? Like, no, okay. that's like that's like whenever like I do a silly British accent, it's like, oi, bruv. Okay, you know. Okay, and you have to say you don't put the the th in like the word three. It's free because you say it free. That's how I say so, it, like, but that's like I have a I have a speech impediment. I've had it my whole life, and so I. I was in speech therapy for years in school, and the TH is something I struggle with. And then when I get excited, I don't put my tongue to my teeth, and it does come out as 
Freak. Maybe you're just secretly British. Well, see, the thing is, is I know there's like and a... they lied to you. There's like a... Well, it's funny you said that, because when I moved here from Indiana, when I was 12, kids asked me if I was British all the time. And I'm like, not as British as a speech impediment, okay? Which is hilarious, because the British are actually very proper sounding in their English to me when they talk. Not the ones in London. Oh, there's, there's no place... No, to- they talk like... There's no place Boy, like London. No place like London. Yep. So. Sorry, that was a deep cut, Sweeney John. <laughs> Anyways, it's a really good show. There's a lot of pe- really good actors in it. There's Killian Murphy. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is in the later seasons. Mrs. Malfoy is the, uh, the the aunt of Killian Murphy who helps run the crime family. There's a bunch of people. You will, like, half the cast you'll recognize. Uh, fuck. Ha- Tom Hardy is oh. apparently supposed to show up in season two. Sam Neill plays one of the villains. Oh, nice. Um, it's, it's great. It's a lot of really good actors, and it's great. It's fantastic. It's really well done. If you like, like, Downton Abbey, but you want more grit that's how i would put this it's like it's right after the great war so they're all so basically like all the peaky blinders men went and fought for england even though they're romani and irish uh like hereditarily and so they've been treated really shittily by a lot of british people especially the government they come back after fighting and they're like you know shell-shocked and they're not getting respect or making a living wage so they become they kind of continue their crime family and they expand it into like legitimate businesses and illegitimate. And it's, it's very fun. There's also another show that I watched the first two episodes of called warrior, which is kind of Peaky Blinders in, I think it's, I want to say San Francisco um, called warrior and it's on max. It's like a guy comes from, uh, and I, I walked in on Scott watching the show, and then I ended up watching two episodes with him from China. And he's trying to save his. I am watching Warrior, but basically, this very like uh, accomplished fighter from China comes to save his sister because her shitty husband that she married to keep him from getting killed by him uh, is dead now, and she's already like married into this cool like leader of a gang in Chinatown in America. And so she's like, you fucked up my life. Fuck you. But so like the guy starts falling in love with people in America. And then there's all, there's like gang fights and stuff. So it's like Peaky Blinders, but Chinese American people and not Irish, British people in a different country. So, and everything's like filled with smoke and smog and stuff. I will say warriors a little, I would say not like the script isn't quite the height that Peaky Blinders is. Peaky Blinders has some really good writing, but it's still fun if you like like fighting and like action and like old timey. I love period. I love historical shows. I love period pieces. So, anyways, it's fun. I would highly suggest them if you like, especially Peaky Blinders. Oh, good. Highly recommend. I know that. it's one. What of those else sh- have you been watching? Uh, so I. Oh, sorry. No, no, you're good. No, I've I've heard nothing but good things about it, and I've always wanted to see it. But I'm glad to hear that you like it too. Um, so other than my usual cast of TV shows, the only movie I've watched was actually, so you guys will hear me like mention some names continuously on the podcast. And a lot of them are like our friends like Peter and like our friend Dalton, who's like a guest or like Jake or Ryan, our editor. Um, my friend Jonathan, 
who's like other than Katie, the only person that I like talk with about film like on a weekly basis. He saw Asteroid City when it was in theaters, and he was like, "Brittany, I love this movie. I love this movie. Go see it. Go oh see yeah, it. I need to go watch that. It's on Peacock. It's streaming. Yes, yes. I did you like I it? really did enjoy it. Actually, I really did. Good. Yeah. So it has like a seventy-five percent on Rotten Tomato, which is not like the highest of the Wes Anderson movies. It's about the same as the French Dispatch yeah. that came out last year, but. Jonathan had brought up that the Roger Ebert review had mentioned um, Fort and Wilder's Our Town. And so as theater kids, we're really familiar with Our Town. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Not my favorite play. It's like. But I respect it. It's like very. What I will say about Our Town, even though it was like written in the 1930s, (laughs) it's like very relevant to today, I think, in the terms of how it looks at life and death. And you can see like the stirrings of Our Town a little bit throughout the French Dispatch. But there's basically, so there's there's three different, like, ways. Wait, the French Dispatch oh, sorry, or uh, Asteroid City? Thank you, Asteroid City. I'm so sorry. Thank you. I haven't gotten to watch either, so that's why I was like, what? Yeah, no, definitely Asteroid City is what I meant. Um, So there's, like, three different, like, kind of ways that the movie is filmed. So there is, like, the Academy mm-hmm. ratio in black and white because they're like, hey, we're filming a production of this play, Asteroid City. And then there's, like, the making of the play. And then there's, like, the actual, like, colorized world of, like, the play itself. But it's, like, shot as, like, a cinematic movie. So there's, like, three different things going on. So there's, like, a play within a movie. But, like, it's really smooth. So when you're watching it, it makes total sense, right? Like, you don't get confused. Or at least, like, I didn't. I don't think you will. I don't think anyone listening, if they're paying to the trend of the film, is going to get confused. But multiple actors are Mm. playing characters as well as the actors playing the characters so yeah so it's very layered but there's a lot to be said in what the movie and without spoiling anything there's a really beautiful like third act and it really kind of examines grief and how like we deal with grief oh and it's very touching and so um yeah i mean to me I, I don't think it's gonna be everyone's cup of tea there's probably a lot of people who are gonna watch it and be like okay that was interesting but like when you're looking at the (laughs) subtext and when you're really like examining things and like watching the actors and like these bits of dialogue it's just like I don't know. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I really, really liked it. So yeah, I would w- recommend it. And Ooh, not good. not just that, but like even we were talking about because there's a little Roadrunner in the movie and it even goes, ee, ee, and like I love Roadrunner. So like even like the visuals are yeah. very like Looney Tune-ish, like the kind of sapia. Uh, yeah, almost, it looks pretty. It's very pretty. And the actors are, I mean, it's yeah. just like every actor you could think of is in that damn movie. He has like Wes Anderson. It's just like a whole list of actors. It's like Oppenheimer part two. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, just so many actors. Everybody's in this movie. I know. I saw the cast list, and I, when I saw the first trailer, and I was just like, "How did they all fit? Yeah. <laughs> How did they have this many people there?" But I think also some people will take a pay cut to work with Wes Anderson. So, oh, speaking of people still working, you know, A twenty four is still filming everything because they met SAG AFTRA's. And I guess the WGA as well. They met everyone's demands. And so they've let... So all of our A24 movies are still going on. I may have said that last week, but I read another article about it. And I was like, yes. Which I want to see Talk to Me. And I really was going to see it in theaters this weekend. But I had a weekend weekend from hell. So I didn't do anything this weekend that I planned to. Because I had to stay at home. So maybe if it's still in theaters this next weekend. Although we're also going to go see Old Boy. So I don't know if I can do two nights of theater 
in a row, but if not, I will stream it as soon as it becomes possible because it's gotten really good reviews and it looks fantastic. Yeah. And our friend Katie really liked it. If Katie's listening, Katie really liked yes. it too. Yes. Hey, Katie. Yeah. Our friend Katie that came to the Barbie movie with us. Yes. She, yeah. She's She's got some recommendations. We disagree on the movie. Um. Oh, sh- uh, Lake Mungo. Yeah. It, she was like, I hated it, but I was like, I loved it. I it's very, like, sad and slow. It's not really, like, a fan. I don't, it is a found footage movie, but I don't call it a found footage movie because it doesn't have, like, the jump scares, and it doesn't, it's, like, it has no jump scares. It's all about the atmospheric stuff, which I like, but, like, it's not, like, a exciting watch. So I feel like I have to be in the right mood to watch it. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I don't blame you, Katie, for having that opinion. And I haven't seen it. It made me laugh. But I like slow burn. <laughs> so I like a slow burn horror, which reminds me, I don't know if it's slow burn or not, but Innie's Man, which is a movie Katie wants to see, is on Hulu. It's streaming now. It is. I, I almost watched it on Sunday and then... Scott went to watch the movie with me. Like, he was also, he was gonna sit down and watch. I was like, maybe, maybe I don't make you watch it because what I made him watch some. Oh, okay. Cause I made him watch an experimental film that I didn't know how bad it was gonna be because it had gotten all these like reviews like, this movie's so weird and different and it's like a student film, but it's like, it's interesting. But like, no one would, I, I, I didn't want any spoilers. So I didn't know what the content of the movie was. I may have not watched it if I had known, but I finally watched The Scary of 61st, which is on Shudder and AMC+, which, like Ennis Men, is, like, kind of, it's, like, kind of, like, an experimental film, but it's more of, like, a student film. It's not really an experimental film. It's more like a student film. And both writers and the director are all two of the three main characters in it. So there's that, which isn't like, I get it. It's a student film. You can only like hire so many people. It probably saved the money. But one of them does the third main character who is not a writer director is the best performer in the movie. And I kind of wish they just hired actors. I'm going to be honest. But it's basically these two roommates who are kind of opposites and bicker move into this apartment and it seems too good to be true. Well, it turns out the apartment was owned by Jeffrey Epstein's estate and it goes down a conspiracy theory path because this other girl shows up at the apartment pretending to be a real estate agent, but really she's trying to get to the bottom of the Jeffrey Epstein conspiracy theory and it goes down and then one of the girls starts masturbating to pictures of Prince Andrew and... It seems they think like she, like she's. I thought she was like reliving childhood trauma of being abused by Jeffrey Epstein's cult, but apparently, like it's some kind of you know MK Ultra mind experiment shit or something that they're controlling her because then she's dressing like you know there's that picture of that teenage girl with Jeffrey Epstein and a couple of his colleagues like she's dressing like her and she's like telling her boyfriend to fuck her like she's thirteen. And then it just turns into, like, a weird fucking movie. And I finished it because it was only 80 minutes. But it was hard to finish that movie. And then, of course, like, at the end, I'm just going to spoil it because don't don't waste your time watching this. It's not... Unless you just like weird... I like weird fucking movies. I like Climax. Okay? It was too weird for me. It was weird with no meaning or reason. And it just annoyed me. And it was well shot. And it was interesting. But 
I did not expect it to just be like everybody masturbating and stuff. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with masturbating. It was just like, I don't know. There was no point to it. I mean, I think maybe it would have been more interesting if I had watched it right after all the Epstein stuff went down. But Ghislaine is, you know, (laughs) going to serve some time in jail, thank God. But it was weird as fuck. So I already made Scott watch that. I didn't make him, but I turned it on and he was like, yeah, I'll sit and watch it. He's like, what the fuck is this? He's like, I don't know. I have kept myself in the dark, but everyone kept saying this movie's so weird. And I was like, okay, I like weird shit. Did not like it. Well, it's kind of like... Do not suggest. It's kind of like, and I I hate to offend someone out there, so I really like the idea of Skinamarink, but it's like, I we never finished Skinamarink. Yeah. And people love it. No, people I didn't love either. the movie, but I've never finished it. Yeah, it, no. Yeah. I didn't have any interest in it. Don't watch the scary 61st, unless you just really, really want to be weirded out. I di- okay, a good movie I watched. Okay, well, this is Scott and I had a differing of opinions on this movie. So there's this movie called I See You, and it's on Netflix, and Helen Hunt's in it, and the boy from Summer of 84, mm. the main character, he's her son in it. Uh, it took me a while to recognize him, but he is in it. And I don't want to ruin it because there there are a couple twists. And I actually didn't guess the twists, which is probably why I had a positive experience watching mm-hmm. it. But I saw the f- original poster artwork on, like, Amazon Prime or something. and Or Peacock, maybe. And I was like, that looks stupid. I'm going to watch that and laugh at it. And so then it started getting good reviews. And I was like, huh. Let me watch this. And then it came on Netflix and I was like, okay, let's watch it. And I, I, it's much more of a thriller. It went in several directions I didn't expect it to go into. And the ending was not what I expected would happen. So I do think it was surprising. Uh, Don't read anything about it before you watch it because you'll, it'll be more enjoyable. But I liked it. Scott was like, "Eh, I don't know. I didn't really like that. He's like, I don't know, it didn't do anything for me. I was just like, okay, well, I liked it, though. Yeah. I guess I did watch a few more other things, but I would say those are probably the biggest ones I watched because I think it's probably time that we... Oh, so the only other thing I watched other than And Just Like That, which I know we will talk about shortly, is I did watch... I don't think I said this last week because we were so barbenheimered. I watched The Howling, finally, Mm. which was on, I think, Shudder. I think now it's just on AMC+. It's really good. It's a really... It's probably the best werewolf movie I've ever seen. Um, Very campy, and it's Joe Dante who directed Gremlins. Yeah. So that kind of vibe. So highly recommend. I would love to do it on the podcast because it is fun. And it has a weird correlation with American Werewolf in uh, London because, like, the makeup person who ended up doing American Werewolf in London was supposed to be the makeup person for Howling. And then they got the job for American Werewolf, and so their assistant ended up finishing the Howling. So they both got, like, really good reviews for their makeup transformation scenes and they both are really interesting but they both kind of look a little similar werewolves yeah. 
American Werewolf in London also I would love to do. But yeah, those two are probably the best werewolf movies ever. Yeah, American Werewolf in London I remember very vividly because I've seen it like probably two or three times at least. Now, The Howling I've only Mm -hmm. seen once and it was so long ago that I only remember certain parts. Like I remember like a filing cabinet and like a werewolf popping up like out of nowhere. So I remember things like that. That's the the scene they always show in 100 Scary Smoothie Moments. So that's why I was like, I want to see this movie and it was like never streaming and then it was streaming last month on Shudder and I was like I'm finally gonna watch it and I really liked it it was good the second movie I have seen people review it it's really bad but it has Christopher Lee in it Mm -hmm. and it's called Howling 2 your sister's a werewolf it used to be called werewolf bitch I actually like kind of vaguely vaguely remember that because like when I was a kid our local grocery store which was a bilo had a a uh, video rental store in there and I remember they had the howlings line uh-huh. up so I'm like oh I kind of remember that I will say the last two things I've watched other uh, than just like that so Outlander did have its mid-season finale uh, me and every Ooh. other Outlander fan are a little irritated not because like the mid-season finale wasn't good <laughs> it was good it ended on like a really like beautiful note because Jamie and Claire are like back in Scotland for the first time in like over a decade which is wonderful but so the thing is is they filmed sure. the entire entire season those accents yes they uh filmed the entire (laughs) season yet they decided they wanted to do a mid-season finale fine whatever that's great um they aren't releasing anymore the episodes till 2024 so it's like gonna be like over because of the strike i don't think it's because of the strike they they filmed the entire season is my understanding and so i think they were in the process of writing the final season of outlander um, when the strike happened, because as I've, I've said before, and I'm I'm a little bit of an Outlander nerd, there's nine books released in the Outlander series. <sighs> okay. There's one more book that needs to be released. She's writing it now. The tenth book will be the final book. It will be the ending of the story for Jamie and Claire. So up until this point, every season has been based off a book, including this season, this uh, seventh season. But with the eighth season being the last season, we won't see the last two books adapted unless they decide to somehow do like a merging or, you know, do a Game of Thrones and kind of just twist mm-hmm. the final season. And it's a little nerve wracking. It's a little nerve wracking. Yeah. So, but you know, yeah. and even this season, um, you can kind of see a difference. We, we as in the Outlander community, I need to research more of his different directors because it's like Sam and Katrina as Jamie and Claire um, have amazing chemistry, but there's something like off. It feels like in the direction this season. So it's like, it's hard putting hmm. a pin on it. So yeah. And now I'll, I'll probably, when the season comes back, I'll probably touch more based on that. But I did just want to say that real quick. So for all my Outlander people out there, if you ever want to yeah. slide in our DMs and talk to us about it, it's always something I don't mind. <laughs> um, and Men Kilts is back on. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I still need to watch that oh, show. it's so Because I like both those. Graham McTavish. Oh, Graham. Graham McTavish and... um. Fuck. Yeah. Whatever Jamie's name yeah, is Sam, in real life. Sam Hewen. Yeah, Sam. Sam Hewen. Yeah, Sam, uh, Sam and Graham kind of remind me of me and you, except I feel like I'm more the Graham and you're probably more the Sam. Because <laughs> uh, Sam <laughs> is definitely more extroverted than Graham, but it's still cute. It's still cute. They're, it's like that. a little buddy. It's like a little buddy road trip. But they do Scotland in the first season, Aww. and now they're in uh, New Zealand in the second season because that's the Kiwis, right? Like, yeah. Oh. So, yeah, yep. because Graham moved there after filming The Hobbit. So, yeah. So, they're doing New Zealand this season. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know Graham was in yes. The Hobbit. I want Peter Jackson to go back to doing, like, weird horror movies because 
Like, he did a lot of weird horror movies, oh. and I would love to do some of those. Dead Alive. But, oh, my God. Dead Alive. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I was like, why are you stuck in Hobbit Town? Come on. Mm-hmm. Do do a Dead Alive Part 6. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I don't he know. I honestly do, don't know if there are any sequels. He did, wait, 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 wait. No. What was I thinking? Other than Dead Alive, he did Meet the Feebles, which scarred me uh, for life. So, Meet the Feebles would be an interesting one to do on the podcast. Oh, my God. But I'm kind of... Ooh, I haven't seen that I'm kind of scarred from it. But, uh, yes, and just like that. And just like that. And just like that, we're back to and just like that. Mm -hmm. Which I will say, so the two episodes that have come out since last time we talked was 100 years ago, and there goes the neighborhood. I will say 100 years ago has kind of blended with the February 14th episode with some of the storylines in my brain. But basically, Miranda is not with Steve and not with... Shay. Shit. Shay? Shay, thank you. I was like, Sarah Ramirez. Yep. Shay. She is single, and she also is not with the lady that she went on the date with, because it went terribly. Che, though, I'm liking Che more and more every week. The more Che doesn't date Miranda, This season has been so much better for them than the first season. So much better. Yeah. Thank God. Because, again... It was, I love Sarah Ramirez. I love the representation, but like them and Miranda not working out in my brain, and I don't think in anybody's brain. So uh, they start working at a vet clinic and with their old boss, which I thought was adorable. And they start subletting. They they are Airbnb their apartment to Carrie and Aiden because Aiden can't go into Carrie's old apartment because battle scars and i did like that episode it was cute because like Seema didn't want to meet carrie's new boyfriend because they were like you remember they were gonna go to the hamptons together by themselves i actually really like that two single ladies i did too like the way like at first i was like Seema's being really immature but when she finally talked to carrie and was just like i don't want to spend my summer with a couple yeah you know like i was like that's fair yeah that is fair and valid. And she also, like, tells her she's, like, honest with her. She's like, you know, she's like, we will be okay. She's like, but I need alone time. And I was like, that is so fucking valid. And that's, like, yeah. I think that's a beautiful place where, you know, we keep forgetting also these women are so beautiful and glamorous. They're also in their 50s. And so they, like, say what's on their mind. They're not, like, really beating around the bush yeah. in the same way as these characters would have done in their 30s. Yeah. Although I have continued to watch Sex and the City off and on. <laughs> Most people are fine, but the Miranda, I really miss the old Miranda, but I went on that tirade already. But Seema does come through and comes and has dinner with her and Aiden and everybody eventually, which is great. So that's good. Um, Seema also gets a really sexy new client. And then, not that episode, but one of these two episodes, Naya starts doing Tinder. I like that arc, too. I like that, because she's, like, having really hot sex with, like, this Tinder guy, and they're just, like, looking at their phones after sex, so she's, like, not having to pretend around them, but then she sees, like, a picture of her ex-husband with another girl, and it, like, so affects her. And she's pregnant. Yeah. Oh. And she's pregnant, right? Oh, is she? Is it a baby announcement? I thought she was pregnant. That's what I thought it was, because he was holding her stomach. Oh, I didn't see that. That's why I thought she was so upset. Oh, I just thought maybe because he was just moving on officially, but God, that would be fast. That would be just like a couple of months, wouldn't it? 
Like, wow. Well, no, because they broke up before Christmas, and now this is, like, in the spring. Yeah. This season has flown by. But it'd be, like, still, like, what, five, six months? So, to to be with somebody, yeah. get pregnant, that's a... Well, they were... Talking. Yeah, but people have done it. I mean, yeah, not... People have done it. It's not always successful. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't... Yeah. I would never suggest someone marrying or having a baby with somebody... With less than six months of dating, to be honest. Yeah. But it works out for some people. It does. And some people it doesn't. I mean, it does, but they, they are the exception. They are the exception. Definitely. But that's what, it was just surprising to me that you said that, because I did not catch that at all, that she was pregnant. I I mean, I can rewatch it, but I thought, I assumed the way he was holding her stomach in that picture, wow. that she was pregnant. And that's why it really hit Naya, because Nia... Nia? Naya. Naya, 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 Naya. 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 I thought it was Naya. 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 Yeah, I thought it was Naya. Please correct us if, in the com- if, if we're wrong, guys. But I think that's why it hit her so hard was because, like, you know, their big sticking point was that he really wanted kids and she had fertility issues and she was kind of okay with not having kids, you know? And she was like, it's she tried for years and they couldn't naturally conceive. And so she was just like, you know what? I just, I'm okay with not having kids and he wasn't and that was the big sticking point for them and so i think that would probably hit her harder which is like very poignant i also like that aiden's we meet aiden's uh ex-wife she seems very nice very honest and also very normal because she was just like carrie you can't write about my kids please and i was like that's fair and valid because yeah your kids don't need to be written about and she's like and please don't hurt aiden again you're not allowed to do that. Which I'm like, honestly, fair. Because, like, that would be a huge fallout for the kids. Which which then made me really nervous because in the next scene... So Carrie has kind of decided... Because Che's apartment... Che can now afford to pay for their apartment now. And Aiden and Carrie overstay their welcome at Che's apartment. Because their management company has a 30-day guest policy. And they've caught them several times overstaying their welcome. So Carrie's like, you know what? I'm ready to sell my apartment. Which kind of, like, makes me a little sad. Because it is, like, I'm sure they're going to have an episode. I think the next episode is called The Last Supper Part 1. So I'm sure they're going to have a Last Supper at the apartment. And that is kind of sad, but I'm like, everybody else has moved. Yeah. So I think it's going to be okay. And also, like, she's she's moving to a really beautiful place, but she, she brings Aiden to the place to show him before she puts an offer in. And, like, I was like, okay, this is the part in the old Sex and City where they would, like, break up because she would just assume that everything was okay. And then something else was happening. And I was just waiting for the ball to drop, but it didn't. It didn't. Like, they talked and they were honest. And he's like, she's like, oh, there's extra bedrooms if your kids want to come stay. And he was like, yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I was expecting that to go badly. But maybe Carrie's going to get a happy ending. But maybe not. I don't know. Now, something else I actually did like, because she admitted, like, to Aiden in front of Che that she's like, I made a mistake. Like, she was saying, like, she made a mistake to it big. And yeah. at first, like, it kind of, in a weird way, like, hurt me a little bit because I was like, okay, maybe Aiden was the better fit. And we all know that, like, as a Sex and the City community, like, that's a collective thing. Everyone agrees upon that big treated her like yeah. shit. But it's like, you were married to him and you loved him all these years. And just to be like, oh, you know. So I really did like it when they're at the party 
and you know the the yes. guy's talking to her and she was like i you know i had a wonderful marriage and it ended way too soon and i was like okay that made me feel better like that yeah. that part of dialogue coming after yeah. the fact was like i do maybe aiden was better for me but i don't regret the time i had with my husband and i will always love my husband right. like and i i really appreciate that and aiden wouldn't have his three kids yeah. aiden wouldn't have his three kids if he had married carrie anyways because carrie was very wishy-washy on kids yeah. So, you know, I think that's a, it's a good thing. I do think, I did like that she asked Miranda out loud, though, was big a big mistake? And I was like, kind of, yes. But, you know, it did work out for a while. Yeah. For him, it worked out. I wish, now what I... I don't know, that's a tough one. I, but you know what, you see them, like, they're so happy at the beginning of it, and just like that, and obviously that does not last long at all, but I wish we had gotten, like, maybe right. two episodes to live into, like, the Carrie, the Carrie and Big, like, happy marriage, because we just got, like, a glimpse of yeah. it, pretty much. But I mean, I think Aiden was, is a better person. Sorry, yeah. Big, I mean, but no, I think I agree. Aiden has always been the better Big person. Big treated her like shit. And he always did... He did, and if it were me, I would not have... I don't know. I I never understood her going back to Big. Even though, like, I know that... In the beginning, I, until he marries Natasha, I'm kind of, like, rooting for them. And then when he marries Natasha, I'm just like, ooh. Yeah. But, and then I was just like, oh, yeah, okay, Aiden. But also, like, I just knew Carrie was going to fuck up her and Aiden because Carrie was very self-destructive in the original series. And there is growth for Carrie. Yeah. I do want to mention Charlotte, though. Char- I'm loving because Charlotte. Because Charlotte has gone back to working <laughs> on, she's working at an art gallery yes. again. And I love, she has this little storyline where she just feels like her body is different than when she used to work in an art gallery in her 30s. And also she's a and mom. And she's yeah. like... And yeah, before she had like two, uh, well, she had a, a kid yeah. and she's like, I got to wear like eight pairs of Spanx to fit into this outfit. And she's really mean to the lady helping her and Lisa. And she's like, she's like, oh, no, I, I don't. I'm going to. She's like, well, here's some other dresses that might make you feel more comfortable, you know, with the fit. She's trying to be very nice and diplomatic. And she's just like, oh, and Lisa's like, it's not your fault. You're 25 that's your pro- she's like don't worry and see, about it it's funny you said that because i thought the sales rep was like it was the delivery that bothered me like you know like yes she was giving her suggestions oh i think she was trying to be sweet I think it- no she was trying to be sweet as as sweet as she could possibly oh. she's like hey like I, I realize that you're being you're a little insecure about your body so here's some that might make you feel a little less insecure but she's like they're also very like matroning and like very very much like completely covered and it's obvious by the way these women are dressed by the way that charlotte and lisa are dressed that they are not like people who yeah. act elderly in any way and i that's maybe me right. i've worked boutique culture only for a couple months because oh my god oh but uh yeah like yeah my, my boutique is like was completely completely different when it came to helping women like really find things that they loved so yeah so i don't know i didn't really take it maybe she was trying to do her job and be helpful but it was just the delivery that bothered me i was like these are like some so I was, fine I ass was totally on the salesperson these side. are some fine ass women and they're like i we know charlotte's in her 50s i'm thinking lisa maybe maybe more in her 40s but i'm like yeah, baby girl, no. You are 25 and it's showing. But also, like, I think she also, you don't know, you don't have to buy something just because they show it to mm-hmm. you. Like, showing someone options doesn't mean they have to buy that thing. Anyways, but she ends up buying this dress and she wears, like, eight pairs of Spanx. And then, I don't know, this was nice, but also kind of 
a little weightish, weightist a little bit is like the first three women she meets in the gallery are like very uh skinny women and then like the manager of the gallery is like a, a very curvy woman and then after she sees the but the curvy woman's like showing her midriff and she's very comfortable and confident and she's like so then uh charlotte goes into the bathroom and throws away all but one pair of her shanks yeah. and and because she feels like oh okay i don't have to be a certain look to work here but i was also like i mean I don't know. Did, did, I felt like it was a weird thing to have, like, the lady be a little overweight to, or, like, you know, societally. Yeah. Be a very a, a voluptuous woman. I was like, okay, maybe, I don't know. Was it weird to you? It was kind of a weird choice. I get choice. what you're saying, because it, it was, like, very much, like, it's obviously a contrast in her figure compared to the other workers' figures. But I understood why they had done it, I guess, because if they had done someone who was very petite showing their midriff, it would be like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, well, obviously these girls would show their midriffs, they're size two. But then, like, having someone who's yeah. plus size show it, it, like, kind of was like, okay, we could have had yeah. this plus size person, but if we had covered her up, that would just have been proving the point that people who are plus size or have extra weight just need to cover themselves. So, I think, yeah. I understand what you're saying, it kinda, yeah. but it's still kind of like, I understand why they made that I choice. Liked, I liked the message, but it was kind of like the taxi cab thing where the racist taxi cab was kind of out of left field mm-hmm. and I was like I, I like the point you're making but the delivery was kind of clunky but other than that like it was cute um, I love that Charlotte's gone back to work Harry's convinced that her boss wants to fuck her but she's like I only stayed until like 7 o'clock also he's into I got blondes. home by 7.30 it's, it's great cause he, she, yeah, and he's into and blondes. the next thing he's talking to Carrie so like you're like oh he really is into yeah. blondes and then he's like oh was your marriage as bad as my third one? And she's like, oh. And then she says the thing about big. Also, so Miranda's in an internship, the one that she gave up to go to California with Che. I forgot that Miranda was in California in the beginning of this season. It's so weird. Um, but she spent like two episodes in California. And so she's, and then there's these two college, like out, fresh out of college girls who, like, college age, I should say, like, in their 20s, who've been working their asses off. And then Miranda comes and, of course, gets to do other stuff and gets picked by the boss to take her place because, you know, she's had actually real-life experience, which makes sense. But, and then she's, they're like, oh, you're just perfect, Miranda. And she's like, nope, I am a sexually confused, uh, recovering alcoholic who's getting divorced. So, actually... No. But then it's, like, disheartening. That was interesting. It's disheartening, though, because the reaction to it is, like, whoa. Like, they're not, like, they don't take a beat and are sympathetic. They're just, like, oh, it's, like, you overshared that information. And I'm, like, I get it. Like, work. She's, like. Yeah. Workplace jealousy can be real. And I understand that. And I understand why they're jealous of her. But it's, like, if someone Mm -hmm. bared their heart to me for just a flash, I'd probably be a tad bit more sympathetic than those girls were. A little bit. Maybe they're just kind of bitches. I don't know. They seemed... They were, like, texting about her at the lunch table, which I was like, oh, that's so bitchy. Did you, uh... Did you... I guess what was going on with Lisa, did you also have that, like, guess? Did you realize it, too, before she said it? No, I wasn't paying that much attention. I was just like, oh, she's just really tired. Yeah, I was just like... And then... Mm. I, like, usually, like, I didn't think they... They should have had her throwing up at some point. That's always the one that I'm like, ah. 
the morning sickness. But Lisa surprises her husband and says, like, oh, hey, I'm pregnant. Because she keeps falling asleep and, like, missing stuff, which is unlike her. See, it, and he's like, what the fuck? I have, a, I have a few friends, and I remember when one of my friends was pregnant, and she told me, she was like, I cannot stay awake. She's like, I literally cannot stay awake. And so that's why I was like, she's asleep again. And I was like, I wonder if she's pregnant. So I was like, oh, shit. Oh, no, I was, like, surprised, too. I was like, oh, that's cute. That's a cute little twist. Oh, and also apparently Brady and Lily might be fucking, but we don't know. Yeah. Which is that legal? I thought Brady graduated high school, but is he 18? He, I think he is 18 and Lily's 16 because they talk about a ski trip and she was like, and I was 12 and he was 14. But I think technically it is legal within two years. Like, I want to say an 18-year-old can't okay. be with like a 16-year-old, but not a 15-year-old. I feel like I've read that. Which is not... Yeah. It's not confirmed, but it is funny because when they finally tell Carrie, they're like, we suspect. She's like, oh, God, it's like two of my stuffed animals fucking. Yeah. It's just, that's so creepy. I was like, that does sound very creepy. Um, and also, Anthony finally starts dating the hot Italian poet man, uh, Giuseppe. Giuseppe, yeah, I think Giuseppe. Mm -hmm. Right. And he thinks he's trying to get a green card. And he's like, my mom was born in Buffalo, New York. So actually, no, I don't need one. And uh, he's like, oh. And then they start making out pantsless in Lily's room, which was cute. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad Anthony's moving on. But Anthony's kind of being a little bitch to him for a while. Yeah. Because he's like, oh. Because he's like, oh, well, my ex's name is still in the apartment and stuff. And I'm like, and they're not technically divorced. I'm like, they should have done that in between seasons. Because we know that we can't bring him back so why why are you why why are you keeping that door open i think what i was curious about i that. would like to see an episode where it's like anthony opens up to giuseppe about like the grieving the grieving process behind divorcing you know like maybe like i obviously yeah. the actor who plays stanford did pass away in real life unfortunately but just the actual like grieving process of like i thought i was going to spend my life with him and that's no longer happening i think that would be something yeah. interesting and had that really creepy wedding with liza minnelli oh god we don't really talk about i still have nightmares about it we don't really it. talk about sex in the city too like we just it was really bad abu dhabi what was the joke abu dhabi dhabi yes abu dhabi dhabi i was like no no <laughs> no 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 First one was cute. I love the first, first one. one was I love, cute. It's a Second film. one, I do not blame Kim Cattrall for being like absolutely not a third one. I will no, absolutely not. I'm curious what her cameo is. Is it the next or episode? maybe the last episode of the season? I'm willing to bet money. Last maybe, episode. but if it's the last supper, maybe she'll show up to have supper with them, mm. or maybe she'll show up at the apartment and be like, "I came to say hi, and you were gone." Yeah. <sighs> Oh, yeah, like, she'd be know. like, you move. Like, she calls her, and she's like, you moved. I never thought you would move, you know? I don't know. But, yeah, that's... I did watch a couple of things, but we have talked about enough. And next time, we're going to be talking about Old Boy. Yeah. Park Chan-wook's masterpiece, which will be at a select AMC theaters. So, check out your, your local theaters. Our local art house theaters, Sidewalk Cinema, is playing it. Thank you, Sidewalk, for playing that movie, because um, I know Brittany and I have been talking about doing it on the podcast since we started the podcast, mm -hmm. and our friend Dalton has been uh, talking about talking about it on the podcast, and so I'm glad 
this is happening hooray but i do think it's supposed the remastered version is supposed to come on apple tv plus at some point because it says coming soon on apple tv plus i just don't know the date so if you can't get to the theater if your theater's not doing it pay attention there they might also release the remastered version finally on streaming services to buy because they kind of removed it from a lot of streaming platforms the original version while they are remastering mm-hmm. it i noticed like it was basically just like a couple years ago it was just like oh we're not streaming it anywhere and it was like what and I, th- I think it was because they were remastering it. That's my theory. But I'm very excited for that. So have a good week. You know, wear some sunscreen. Be careful. We've had t- crazy pop-up storms. My backyard got absolutely obliterated. And it tried to kill my banana tree, Fofana, l- this weekend. Uh, so be careful. Keep your weather alert. Be weather alert. And um, don't stay out in the sun too long because August is crazy hot right now I yeah think. no and uh yeah be good be good and be safe and we love everybody in maui and everywhere it's been a tough time but trump got indicted for the fourth time today <laughs> so there's some good news oh, God. Yay. oh but yeah we uh but yeah we love we we love you guys Baby neuter. I sound like Bob Barker. I don't even care. I love Bob Barker. I love the Parsons right. Keep them off the hot concrete too. Wear sunscreen, like yes. Katie said. Stay hydrated. It's very, very important to stay hydrated this time of year. Sorry, Coca Cola, uh, Pepsi. As much as I love them, they're not water. Yeah, take care of yourselves. No, <laughs> nope, not at all. Take care of yourselves and each other. We love you so much, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Yeah, same spoopy time, same spoopy channel. Love you. Love you. Yes, love y'all. Stay Stay spooky, y'all. Bye. Bye. Grindhouse Girls Podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, 
or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.